everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of Welcome to Crime Time. I'm Holly. And I'm Anthony. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not Holly. I'm Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm still Anthony, too. You're still Anthony? Yeah. Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Anthony as well. And welcome to Holly. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Anthony. Welcome to Crime Time. <laughs> and I'm Holly. <laughs> So it's been nine years since we've done an episode. Together. Um, together, yes. I did do that one um, last week, in mm-hmm. which I explained why it's been forever since we've done an episode. Um, so yeah, we are back today, and we have lots to talk about. Yeah. Um, so we recently, by recently I mean like three days ago, um, had an interesting day, and we woke up, and it was snowing outside. <laughs> and uh, so we played in the snow, and then we went to a horror convention. <laughs> was in, there, the, in the snow in and the, ice and rain. Yeah, it was kind of nice because there was no traffic anywhere. And, uh, and so we live in Georgia, so nobody goes out during the snow. So yeah, literally it, no traffic. We had like two inches of snow, and like the whole city was shut down, yeah. um, which is kind of nice. But anyway, it was a very impromptu decision, but I think we had a good time. Um, so, I know you've been to one convention before, right? The yeah. Supernatural Con? Supernatural Con. It was the only time it came through Atlanta, and it was at the Western Peachtree, which is not far from where we were at the Sheraton. Yeah. We Literally were, two blocks away. Yeah, right around mm-hmm. that area. And um, it was just a very spontaneous, impromptu decision. We were like, what should we do today? It's Saturday. And then I was like, hey, Days of the Dead's here. We should go. And um, so they had some pretty cool guests. They had uh, Linda Blair and Tony Todd and... Um, Guy from X-Man. X-Man. Yeah. X-Man. Uh, <laughs> X-Man. Um, yeah, they had uh, Derek Mears, who uh, played Jason in the reboot, and he's in Swamp Thing and several others. And then uh, Tyler Maine, who played Michael in the Rob Zombie remakes. Uh, Creature was from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, he was there, the OG... Um, I really don't know how to say his name. It looks like it might be pronounced like Riku. Yeah. R-I-C-O-U. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, we talked to him for a few minutes. He's like 90 years old. He was, he was pretty cool. He had a little sign that I thought was really cute. And it was like, fist bumps only, please. It's cold and flu season. Yeah. <laughs> Protect him at all costs. He's a national treasure. Uh, yeah. That's how I treat a lot of my kids when I go into sessions, too. They want to give hugs and stuff and, like, fist bumps only. Yeah, fist bumps that don't touch me. You're snotty. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was cool. We um, walked around. There's lots of cool, like, art vendors and um, T-shirt um, companies and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I ended up getting a shirt that I've wanted for a long time. Um, it is the – if you've seen Monster Squad, it's the shirt that the kid wears uh, – the Stephen King rules shirt. I got that one. And then Holly got me an early Valentine's day present um, from the cavity colors booth. And I'm wearing it right now. It is cool. Little Michael Myers. Uh, it's curse of Michael Myers pocket tee. Um, so it's got like Michael coming out of the pocket yeah. <laughs> with an ax. He's showing you guys, even though you can't see. So um, Yeah, I'm showing <laughs> you. This is an audio only podcast. Um, Showing you my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we had a good time at the convention. Um, so yeah, what did you what did you think about it? Um, since super, I, I guess you only have the supernatural con to compare it to. But like, yeah. what did you think of it as far as did you did you have fun? 
Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I love any type of convention where a lot of people who love the same stuff are in one place. Mm -hmm. Um, I find myself like being like, I really like your shirt. I really like their shirt. Oh, look at their shirt. Oh, look at their cosplay, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I forget whatever we're in a place like that. Like everybody likes the same stuff and they're going to know the same amount, if not more than you about a topic, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a different experience from the creation events, which does uh, Supernatural because um, creation events are really panel heavy. Mm Mm-hmm. And not so much tabling heavy. Yeah. So, you know, Tony Todd, he only had, like, he was the only one who had a panel that day, I think. Yeah, I think he had, like, a one o'clock panel, and then there was, like, I think there might have been, like, a visual effects panel after that. But that was it for the whole day. It was, like, a 12-hour day, and there was just two two panels. Supernatural, whenever we went, it started at, like, 10 or 11. We saw um, Sebastian Roche, who plays... um, Balthazar. Then after that was um, the women of Supernatural. So um, Kim Rhodes and uh, Brianna Buckmeister and um, Ruthie Connell <clears throat> did a panel together. And then right after that was Misha Collins. Um, and then right after that was like Crowley. So it was like four yeah, hours. That's of a panels. lot of panels. Yeah, that's like the whole day. Yeah. Yeah, and then they took a break for you to go to the vendor hall, and the vendor hall was probably about like twenty vendors. It was not like a whole whole lot. That oh, one wow. probably had like a hundred that we went. To yeah, there was easily. a lot. <laughs> the only thing that I didn't really care for about this one was that it was like it felt like it was super spread out. Which I guess yeah. like if you're there for more than a couple hours. Or you go back multiple days, then you kind of learn where everything is at. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of spread out over like three or four different rooms. Uh, and they had some big stars um, in like a really small room with more vendors set up inside it. Like Linda Blair and Doug Jones and Riku Browning and um, Felissa Rose, I think. And like several other like big actors and actresses were in one really small room and so the lines kind of got crazy in there even though it wasn't like a super long wait the there was a lot of people in those rooms yeah Um, and then the panel place was in like a different um different room i don't even know yeah we didn't even ever find it and then there was also like they had some actors that were out like in the hallway it kind of seemed like um yeah they had a couple from um night of the demon yeah yeah yeah, so it was it was um, the the layout of it was kind of weird and not very intuitive. But aside from that, um, it was cool. It was like super cheap. Um, if you bought tickets ahead of time, it was like twenty five or thirty bucks for the day, and that was like thirty five at the door, which I thought was like very reasonable for yeah. a convention. Yeah, so considering I, paid, I paid like one fifty to a hundred dollars for a supernatural event. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I did um, Walker Stalker a lot of years um, before it went like stupid and um it was yeah even then it was like 70 bucks or 75 for a day so um yeah all thing all in all i think it was it was a good day it was fun um met some cool people and uh yeah it was it was a fun time so that was what we did this past weekend and so since it's movie and horror related thought we would talk about it for a little bit um yeah. well you thought we would talk about it that's yeah, a good, that was my good idea. suggestion mm-hmm. um so, just going to dive into some movies that we watched, because uh, we've watched several things uh, since uh, the last time that we did an episode together. Um, 
So we watched um, this ridiculous movie that we rented from Videodrome. Um, and it's one that's been on my list forever. Uh, it's called Spookies. Mm. And so it was just this bizarre, um, I don't even know how to describe it other than um, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, it has some of these little, I don't know how to describe them other than they're like muck monsters. Uh, and they, <laughs> they, they fart. fart. Which I think might be a spoiler because if you don't know that they fart and you're just watching it, like mm -hmm. what happened to us, um, it's it's very ridiculous. These monsters just come up out of the ground and then all of a sudden there's these ridiculous farting noises, like farting sound effects in the background. And we were both looked at each other like, are they farting? And um, I'm pretty sure we paused it and just started laughing. Yeah, I was like, like <laughs> are they farting? And he went back. <laughs> And I can confirm that they were farting. Um, yeah. So it was even in the, the little. Um, they had like some special features on there, um, and I believe was it. It was the guy who played yeah. uh, Billy. I'm yeah. pretty sure he he confirmed that they were farting noises at the little panel in the special features yeah. edition of the um, DVD that we or Blu-ray that we watched, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but. You could give a quick synopsis because I feel like it. I don't even know. Pretty much, mm -hmm. um, I, I, it's it's very much a comedy horror movie. I don't think it was intentionally. I don't a think comedy. it was gonna. I don't know because I, I feel like it wasn't it. gonna take itself seriously. Yeah, I mean, it does have farting muck monsters, so I guess so. But um, yeah. basically, uh, a sorcerer tries to um, sacrifice this group of people um, inside of his house. So. So sidebar real quick, this group of people has absolutely, like, you can tell that these people would never actually hang out in real life. So it's, like, this stoner guy and his girlfriend, um, and then, like, this, like, middle-aged couple who's, like, pretty well put together. Yeah. They're really, like, he's wearing a suit, and his wife is wearing, like, this nice, like, evening dress. Yeah, and he says stuff like, hey, pal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pal. Hey, buddy. Hey, my guy. Yeah, and then they're hanging out with, like, these these two mm. couples that are like a lot of rats now. yeah basically like he's like, like wearing leather jackets and stuff like that and it's like you know it, it, the other couple is like mm. old enough to be like their parents basically so anyway they randomly decide to go to this guy's house um who like they think that it's abandoned no and that nobody lives there but the sorcerer lives like in the attic i think i, think it, I, I don't know if it was the I, attic or the basement he was somewhere in the house i think it was very confusing the way they cut back between him and like what was going on but basically like he was just raising these monsters yeah. from the dead there's this weird cat monster that just kind of like meowed and purred yeah. against people and it was uh, yeah. so apparently like the sorcerer is just trying to sacrifice these people who stop at his seemingly abandoned house to um use their life force basically to keep his wife alive who doesn't even want to be with him she just wants to die yeah she time. literally wants to die rather than be with him yeah um and he's like you're gonna be with me forever and she's like no i'd rather die and she was already dead so he's just it was very confusing and it and there was a whole thing about like them being these movies were or this movie was had like additional footage shot and then they like spliced it together and like shot it was like, two different movies well the, wasn't the, it they they made it seem like it was two different movies but i've read conflicting things i've yeah. heard that it was two different movies then i heard that they shot additional footage and then replaced a bunch of other stuff 
So I, I've heard both things. Yeah. I don't know what's actually mm -hmm. true and what's And they also up, said that there are points where people are reacting to things that are supposed to be CGI oh, but yeah. are not there. <laughs> There's a, the actor said, because we were confused because there is this part of the movie where this this like ghost thing is outside of this girl's room and he's like kind of or not a ghost it's like a guy and he's like moving mm -hmm. he's doing this weird sort of dance thing and he said he was reacting to they're, they're supposed to like digitally put a ghost in behind him or something around and he, him around there's him supposed and, to be ghosts all around yeah him and, they and, and they didn't put that in there but so then, he's just doing this weird <laughs> dance but they left that footage in the movie in there. and um so if you ever have the chance to watch this movie, I highly recommend it. But <laughs> um, Anthony, would you buy it? Would I buy it? It depends how much it was. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, boutique label price, would you buy it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like 5 or $10, sure. Boutique label pricing, no, uh, I would not. Which is, that's what this is priced at. Um, I do have to say it is kind of like a nice thing, like a nice set. The artwork on it is really cool. Um, this artist that I follow uh his name is ghoulish gary and he does a lot of cool stuff and he did the cover art for the new uh, like edition and it comes with like two discs mm -hmm. um quality of the movie though no i would not spend no. 20 plus dollars on it at all okay. um it had the budget i think that was the entire budget for this movie it was like 20 bucks. yeah i think i read uh, on imdb <laughs> that the box office it made seventeen thousand seven hundred and eighty five. honestly i'm kind of surprised it made that much yeah. um but it is definitely a movie that I would watch with, like, a bunch of friends. Over, oh, yeah. Um, having, like, just this goofy B-movie night. Um, you'd have a lot of – because you and I yeah. together just had a lot of fun with it. And so I feel like it's one of those – it's a good group movie. Um, mm -hmm. Two or more people, you'll have a blast yeah. with it. Um, I, it's probably on Prime because Prime has a bunch of weird stuff on there that you can watch for mm -hmm. free. Um, so if you have the chance um, to watch it, I would recommend it. Uh, I wouldn't pay any more than like a rental price for it though. Yeah. A couple of dollars. It was a good rental movie. Yeah. So that's uh, Spookies. Uh, next up, um, I'm just going to talk about one real quick that I watched um, called Edge of the Axe. And I watched this one alone, so that's why I just said I'm going to touch on it real quick because I liked it enough to recommend it, um, but Holly didn't see it um, with me. So uh, this is a new one I got from Arrow Video. Um, and basically the plot... Uh, the, I like this uh, synopsis on um, IMDb. It just says a deranged guy in a mask kills people with an axe. Oh, That's the plot. Um, there's a little bit more, though. <laughs> um, this other one, it says an axe murder terrorizes a small northern California town uh, while two young computer-obsessed adults attempt to solve the killings. That's a little more... That's a little bit more descriptive. That's a little more, yeah, yeah. sustenance to it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, um, these two... Um, there's, there's a lot of different characters and stuff going on there's like kind of this these subplots and stuff but basically these two teenagers um it's like this movie was filmed in 88 um and so you know they have these giant dinosaur computers and this guy is like this kind of geeky tech guy and he writes these um computer programs basically it's like an instant messenger and mm -hmm. so they're chatting back and forth about these murders that are happening in this small town and so basically they try to like team up and use their technology to figure out who the killer is and to like save people's lives and stuff like that. And, um, it's pretty interesting. It's a very, um, like it's quick. It's like an hour and yeah, hour and a half, including credits and stuff. But, um, it, apparently it was, um, you know, set in California, but they filmed it in Madrid. Um, and it's just kind of like a unique sort of setting. Cause it's like, 
you can kind of tell that it's not California, mm-hmm. that it's Spain. Um, but yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, so I'd recommend it if you haven't seen it. There's some kind of weird characters in there. There's this one guy. Um, he wear he likes to wear like floral oh, print real shirts. Charlie Sheen shirts. Yeah, he really yeah. yeah, the Charlie Sheen sort of shades, and he's married to like this. 70 year old woman for her mm-hmm. money but then like he you know obviously doesn't love her because um she's like four times his age <laughs> <laughs> not really four times his age but like you know three As times his michael age michael scott says i didn't rob the cradle if i robbed the grave yeah, if anything, I robbed the grave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it's it's pretty good um if you have the chance to watch it i would check it out um so i i ordered it from amazon and um i do not regret buying it. So that one's called Edge of the Axe if you're looking for a fun little 80s slasher. So um, we got several more to talk about, actually. Um, so there's this one that we watched on Netflix over, like, I think Christmas break mm-hmm. uh, called Eli. And um, we both kind of agreed that it was, like, okay. Um, but I think that you remember... A good bit about it. Yeah. Um, um, so a lot of times with these Netflix originals, I feel like they're either hit or miss, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, this one was kind of like a huge miss for me, I feel like. But the synopsis of this is a boy becomes trapped in a haunted house while undergoing treatment for a rare disease. Um, so, like, you're, you're kind of set into this um, world of a bubble boy. Mm-hmm. He, like, was in a bubble and... You know, they said that he has, you know, this um, autoimmune disease and he can't fight off infection and he's going to this immunotherapist who is played by um, the lady who's in The Conjuring. What is oh, her yeah. name? Um, she plays the mom. Yeah, Lily Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I was like, well, she's in it, you know. So, And then the girl from... Um, Stranger Things, who plays Max, she's also in it. Oh, yeah. So... Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, Sadie Sink. Yeah. I was like, you know, maybe, you know, this could be a good... Yeah, it had good talent in it. Yeah, it had good talent. And so, um, which I do think that the talent was probably one of the stronger things about this. Yeah. Um, The kid actor was great, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I Um, thought he did a really good job, too. Um, He, uh, he, I mean, he had to carry the movie. His name is um, Charlie Shotwell. Yeah. A um, lot of... He played Eli emotional content with him not being able to step outside versus the anxiety of ever stepping outside yeah um but it took some kind of weird turns and if you haven't seen it you know I don't really know if I could say watch it (laughs) because I kind of felt like I had you know it could have gone in so many good directions yeah you know it kind of did kind of take a weird turn um he ends up being this like antichrist form sort of thing um towards the end um I felt like it was heading in a more like a cure for wellness direction where you know the the experimental treatment was actually like hurting him more than helping him you know and I kind of thought the same thing too and I think that even though that has been done a million times before I I think I would have liked it better than what we actually ended up getting yeah um it turned into like something super paranormal even though the basis of it that it had laid was very scientific yeah you know I also feel like a lot of these Netflix original movies are like an hour and a half on the dot yeah they're uh, very formulaic yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly it's kind of like a cut and paste sort of 
um, just yeah. yeah. I if know. I if I had to like pull a bunch of things together, I would say like a cure for wellness mixed with like weirdly enough like bright burn and like the complex yeah, between his parents. Key. Yeah. And then um, kind of like a, a weird version of Hill House mixed together because it's in a manor style and why they decided to set up in this old manor as a sterile environment was also kind of That was another to thing too. too that was very weird to me. There was mm-hmm. definitely some red flags like when you're going in because yeah. There's like, a lot of plot holes it, I feel yeah, like. It's supposed to be like you said this very sterile environment and they go into this like old like 100 year old like giant mansion um that's supposedly completely sterile because like he can't be around anything that it, like any anything that could he could possibly be allergic to mm-hmm. so they're like there can't be any dust there has to be this like really high-tech air like air purification mm-hmm. system and UV light, like, air purification. yeah and they have to purify the water like mm-hmm. you know like just like crazy and yeah which by the way <laughs> they don't even do for people who have like zero ability to fight off infection you yeah. know people like pure nature penic or whatever you know so yeah it was just a little yeah there was there was definitely some plot holes and then they mm-hmm. were like the the parents were yeah well that's kind of a, i mean i guess we've already dropped a little yeah, bit of a spoiler but a <laughs> um you know the parents were kind of like a little weird and like you know, dad may or may not have been kind of in on it, and the mom was like, they were basically just kind of at the point where the, they their son had gotten so bad that they were kind of willing to do anything, mm-hmm. you know. And so, anyway, if you have nothing weird. better to do, and if you you've just, watched all the other things yeah. that you need to watch and just want something on in the background, yeah, which you know, it wasn't terrible, but there's a lot better uh, ways to spend your time. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Eli on uh, Netflix if you uh, so desire to watch. <laughs> um, so let's see. We talked about Spookies and Eli and the convention. Um, so we've also watched um, another Netflix original um, that is based on a short story by Stephen King called 1922. And um, so I've I read the book um, as well. And then, actually, I finished it shortly before we watched this movie. Um, And as far as uh, movies and books and everything go, this was very, very, like, spot on with the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost like they used the book as, like, the script. Um, There was some dialogue that was straight from the the book. And, I mean, I don't think it really ever deviated uh, in any way from the book. The story basically is that there is a a family... um, and they, the, the husband owns this farm, and the wife doesn't like the farm life and everything. And so um, she has this piece of land that her father left to her. Um, and so basically, the, um, she, she's gonna, she wants to sell the land, and she wants her family to move to the city with her. And the dad does not want to do that. And so he keeps trying to convince her to keep the land and, like, you know, like make sure that they have plenty of land to farm and all this kind of stuff. And he convinces like very deceptively the son that, um, if they move to the city that, um, you know, that'll be a terrible life and all this kind of stuff. And so he basically convinces the, the son to help him kill his wife and then, um, so that they can eventually get the land and do whatever they want with it. And then everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, uh, for them, for them after that. Curse. Yeah, it kind of becomes this like 
inadvertent like curse of the wife you know like she's she's not really haunting them but everything goes really wrong for them after that it kind of sets this chain of events in motion that wouldn't have happened had they not been terrible people yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's some pretty um brutal moments in it um i thought the whole thing was very bleak yeah it was, it, it was very bleak it's not really a movie that i would want to watch over again um and to be quite honest the book was only like 130 140 pages and it took me a while to get through it too because of it was just the, the book was also very bleak and i don't necessarily have a problem with bleak things it was just kind of like almost draining to get through because yeah. the characters are so unlikable yeah and the movie was kind of the same way too it's like the book is like a energy vampire or something yeah. like it just takes forever i i felt like the movie was a lot longer than it was yeah it was only an hour and 40 minutes with credits so probably like hour 35 total runtime yeah it was like, a netflix original so mm-hmm. you know <laughs> true good point mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's it, it, if you're it's kind of edgar Allan poe-esque um yeah, I and definitely like the the ending is kind of cool too because um you know you kind of see everything come to fruition that they've um, kind of brought on to themselves mm-hmm. by their act and everything. And so it, it, it does kind of have sort of a satisfying conclusion um, somewhat. But, yeah, very bleak. If you're into bleak things, <laughs> then you'll like it. Um, if not, then you should maybe steer clear of that one because it is very bleak. Um, so anything else to add about that one? That's about all I have for yeah, 1922. Um, so moving right along then, um, we watched another one at home called the new kids. Um, I thought this one was like, I was kind of to the point where when we were watching the first like 30 minutes of it, I was getting ready to shut it off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because it was just like goofy. Yeah. And, um, but we stuck with it. Montage. So it's about these army kids whose parents die in a plane crash i believe or a car accident either one yeah um, their dad was in the military um they have to move somewhere and they move to um florida yeah they moved to florida <laughs> no with, less <laughs> with these aunt with this aunt and uncle that just kind of show up at the funeral and you know they barely know them that part kind of reminded yeah. me of the uh, grandmother's house yeah where the, they just show up and they're like what's up we're your family now we're gonna take you in yeah and, and the family lives uh, or I guess their uncle owns this Christmas-themed amusement park. Super weird, <laughs> yeah. It was called... Um, uh, like Santa Land or yeah, something weird. Something like that, yeah. It was super weird. It was in um, Glenby, Florida. They own a gas station, and then it's also connected to the, uh, uh, quote, amusement park. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, it's got um, James Spader... And Lori, what's her name? Lori Laughlin. Yeah, um, uh, Becky from Full House. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, James Spader plays a, a psycho. Yeah, just a psychopath. <laughs> and basically, he just. Basically, looked, Robert California as a child. <laughs> yeah. And he, he has this like whole band of like goons that he runs with. And basically, they just harass uh, Lori Laughlin's character of Abby. And. Um, her brother and her brother and they like for no reason like literally completely unprovoked um they just they're new in town and 
they just he says no to go on to the dance with him and he just becomes murderous yeah like, like actually trying to murder her and her brother and their family mm-hmm. uh, because he she refuses to go to a school dance with him and so basically that's kind of the plot um it's like it, her brother kind of like you know beats him up or and, mm-hmm. and some of the the gang and everything and then one night they're there trying to like kill some of their farm animals or something like that and then it goes like horribly wrong and they end up killing an uncle or something like that and they uh, don't kill the uncle they, they just they oh just, that's right they just they shoot him yeah. yeah um and yeah so <clears throat> basically just kind of this crazy 80s like kind of bad guy military brats who learn how to yeah combat because you know at the beginning of the movie with the training montage that they set up they're like okay this is going to come back later like this is good because it um which i forgot side note um the training montage at the beginning is um tom atkins um so yeah he uh he's this training guy or or he's training them in uh because he's in the army and they go on runs together. Yeah, I think it's like a bonding thing. Yeah. They seem too happy about it to Yeah, me. <laughs> they really do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wakes so, them up at like 5 o'clock and they're so happy about it. And yeah. I'm like, ooh. It, very strange. <laughs> that part is kind of weird. But uh, yeah, so anyway. Um, and it's also it's directed by Sean Cunningham who uh, directed um, Friday the 13th, um, the original. So fun fact. But yeah, so that's the new kids. Um and we got a couple more um so joker uh, yeah lots to say about this one yeah i liked the joker i liked it a lot i thought that it was one of the best like origin stories that i have seen so far from the dc universe yeah um it was surprisingly good so um you know my sister kind of told me about it she went to go and see it and said that it was really good and um so you know Joaquin Phoenix was awesome in it and uh just kind of a very it's got a lot of like there's parts of it that are like surprisingly brutal and then Mm -hmm. but I think that more than anything it just kind of speaks about um like we need to have better care for people who are mentally ill yeah. and not that it justify not that that justifies like what he did or anything in the movie but that um you know it, well, it, it is a problem that like needs to be kind of addressed well i felt like it was a social commentary on a lot of different things that were that are you know still pertinent today so kind of like the the um pamperment of the upper class you know um the kids on the subway who are you know rich kids you know yeah um and they're beating up this man but no one ever really stops you know like the man ends up killing them and so but no one was really worried about the man that they were you know harassing and beating up and going to probably kill you Mm know um and then you know it also kind of speaks on the mental health aspect you know the social um working side of the government where he was getting free therapy check-ins at yeah one that wasn't a very good like check-in you know because obviously it wasn't helping him any right um and he told her you know you're not helping me 
And she just kind of, like, shrugs it off. Yeah, she just doesn't care. So, like, there was that aspect of it and the fact that the government cut the program. Yeah. You know, for someone who really needed it. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So, it was was just very, I feel like it was really um, relevant and it was just a really good movie. Um, It was very pretty. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Um, It was bleak but pretty. That's a good example of, like, the movie was very bleak, but also I didn't feel completely drained after I watched it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I liked it a lot. The um, imagery, uh, imagery. <laughs> the imagery and the costuming were really great. Yeah. Um, his, like, last um, three-piece suit mm-hmm. was, like, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, when he's, like, yeah. full-on Joker and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. The score was really good. Um, and It made it, me sympathize, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and there was a lot of people that were kind of complaining about that, that you, that you do sympathize with him. Um, and they were like, you know, I read online a lot of people like, so is, that makes it okay what he, and it's like, no, it no, doesn't make it okay, but, but it makes you sympathize with him to realize that like. The system created the Joker. Right, exactly. That's, ex- that, and that was the point. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really good. It was really well done. Um, yeah, definitely up there in like the top DC movies and uh, may or may not be saying much but like it was just really really good it's yeah it was um, my favorite since dark knight yeah for sure it's on par with that trilogy as far as like the quality of the movie yeah and the tone the tone is very similar Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah when when done right dc stuff is really good yeah and um yeah harley quinn (laughs) (laughs) so i enjoyed it a lot um so joker and um he joaquin phoenix won an oscar for um yeah, which he should have. Yeah, <laughs> best was, actor. It was such a good performance. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really good. Um, so another one that I kind of watched by myself as well, um, so I'll just touch on it really quickly, uh, was John Carpenter's Vampires. And this is actually one of the only Carpenter movies that I have not seen until the other day. Um, so basically this is about a group of vampire slayers, uh, vampire hunters, that um, they just go in and they find these vampire nests and they exterminate them. And, um, it's about these two, um, people that are a part of that team. Um, well, this is not really a spoiler because it happens in the first few minutes of the movie. Um, they are ambushed and most of his team is killed. And, um, so he's out for vengeance and everything. And he's got to try to find this ancient Catholic relic that, um, if the, like master vampire obtains then vampires will be able to walk around in the daylight um which is kind of like an interesting sort Mm -hmm. of take on it on the vampire story and uh it's got james woods who plays like the lead vampire slayer and then daniel baldwin who is like his kind of crony or whatever and um they're extremely unlikable (laughs) (laughs) um they're just terrible people but um it i still found myself pretty invested in their story and um, this is actually based on a um, uh, on a novel called Vampires, and that's a uh, vampire, and then the S is a dollar sign. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty good. It was kind of like a vampire western, um, lots of action, and it was it's pretty like fast paced movie. And uh, so he kind of has to put. This is like it was interesting because the church has like the Catholic church in the movie has known for a long time that vampires have existed. And so 
the vampire hunters get support and backing from the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. And so they send a, they actually have a priest that's like their, it's like their priest. And so he goes on like hunts with them and stuff like that. And uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of like a unique take on a vampire story. And um, I think that all the reviews and stuff that I read, it kind of gets a bad rap, but I really liked it. Um, I thought it was pretty good. So that is John Carpenter's Vampires. Um, Cool little movie. Have the chance to see it. So um, we got like two left. Um, this one is very different. <laughs> uh, little Women. I loved Little Women. Yeah. I loved it. You know, it's one of those things <clears throat> that I really liked Pride and Prejudice too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I kind of, you know, it's like the same around the same time, you know, ish time period, a period piece. Which usually I'm like, I don't really like those. I don't really like those. But I love a good, like, coming of age or (laughs) romance. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure for me. Um, But you were excited about this because it was by the same person who directed Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Greta Gerwig. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I really liked Lady Bird a lot. So I was pretty excited to see what she did with um, this movie. Because, I mean, it's very different. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. It's about four sisters and their life together, um, their ambitions and their heartbreaks and um, their passions. But Anthony has the real synopsis here. Oh, no, that's okay. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like set a couple of years after the Civil War and um, Joe March just kind of is uh, making her living as a writer. And then she tries to sell her, uh, sell her, her book, sell her novel about her sisters and so it's kind of like a a retrospect of her life it's almost like a fictional biopic in a yeah. way it's mm-hmm. like a kind of how i interpret it it's pretty um pretty cool and it's just it, i thought it was neat how it kind of jumps from like each of the four sisters and then it kind of like you get their stories like individually and then like as a whole kind of mm-hmm. i thought yeah, it was interesting there are moments that, they... that they're together there's a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards mm-hmm. and it can get a little confusing to start with but once you get kind of the rhythm of how the, the yeah movie does um it's a really good like i feel like it's a good family film yeah i thought know? so too yeah it was um, good it's got a good cast um saoirse ronan plays joe emma watson is meg florence Pugh is amy and then Eliza Scanlon um, is Beth, which I thought was kind of interesting because Saoirse Ronan was also in uh, Lady Bird, and then Florence Pugh was in like Midsummer and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, a few other things that she was in too. But yeah, it's very, uh, very, very, very different. From, yeah, very different from, <laughs> from, stuff. from uh, yeah. stuff she's usually in, especially Midsummer. But yeah. yeah. It was good. It was it was a pretty long movie too. Yeah, um, it was. It, it, the runtime was long, but it didn't feel like it was a long movie. No, no, it was very like heartwarming, and then you know it's one of those that at the end you're like, but like what else happens to them? Yeah, you like know, I, what happens from here? If it would have went on for another hour, I wouldn't have really complained. Honestly, <laughs> I know me either. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it, it's just so well written that um, you ever see movies where like nothing. Like, not that nothing happens, but that it's just very talk-heavy and dialogue-driven. Yeah. But you're just so engrossed in it. Almost like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Where, like, you could just listen to the characters talk for, you know, three hours, and you're like, yeah. oh, that was all? I could like, watch them live their daily lives. Right, yeah. And it's like three hours goes by, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it feels like it's been 20 minutes. It's yeah. kind of the, mm-hmm. the vibe that I got from this movie. Yeah, I really liked it. It was just <laughs> wholesome. It was very, like, it was a sweet movie. It yeah. just made me feel good. Um, 
Yeah. And this will be good to watch after you watch uh, Joker or 1922. <laughs> yeah, to make you feel better and more hopeful about yeah. life. Um, my favorite part of the movie, though, is whenever she is pitching her novel and she's sitting at the publisher's office and he's like, so by the end of your novel, the main character needs to be married or needs to be dead. dead. <laughs> and so... You know, it, it's going through the retrospect, and she she meets a man, but you don't really know if in real life they are together or not. Like you know, just yeah. the way that it's left, and it's like, but wait a second. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it's kind of a little ambiguous, um, yeah. which is okay. I, because she says, "All right, fine, she can she can be married." You know, yeah, at the end, just to have her book out there, but you don't know if it like really happens or not. Right. For yeah. Her. So. Yeah, it was good. It's a good movie. If um, it, I think AMC is still doing their kind of like Oscar nom mm -hmm. uh, movies and everything where you can go and watch the stuff that was nominated for Best Picture um, yeah. in the theater. So if you want to go and see it, um, yeah, it's good. I, I would highly recommend it. I thought it was super good. So last but certainly not least is uh, Gretel and Hansel. And so this will... But we didn't talk about 1917 either. Oh, gosh, we didn't. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want to talk about first, Hansel and Gretel? Let's Brett talk about both of them at the same time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I guess we'll do 1917 and then Gretel and Hansel. Sorry, I'm okay. um, getting ahead of myself over here. It's okay. You're uh, really excited about Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, it was really good. Um, <laughs> was. 1917 was great, too. Yeah. Which won, like, three Oscars last yeah, night. Yeah, totally deserving of it. Uh, best sound editing, which I was hoping, because the whole time I was sitting in the theater watching it, I was like, am I in a war? Right I now? was yeah. on the edge of my seat yeah. from the very beginning. It was so good. Literally, like, I was leaning forward. <laughs> um, yeah, so it won best sound editing, best cinematography, and best visual effects, um, which I kind of figured, or at least I was hoping, really really hopeful that uh it would win best cinematography because it was just the um it was, it was so just smooth. crazy how like they just um they choreographed all that camera movement and everything and you know it's made to one look like one continuous take and um yeah it was just so good and basically um it's the story of these two soldiers that are trying to get to the front lines, the front lines and relay a message to that basically it's like this um that it's a trap that mm -hmm. they're this this army is about to walk into and um they the one the person they have to relay the message to is um the brother of the two one of the brothers of the two main characters um i can't remember their names though, so i'm gonna look them up um so schofield mm -hmm. uh lance corporal schofield it's his brother um that they have to get the message to and it's takes place on April 6, 1917, and um, there's a regiment assembling to wage war in enemy territory, and then these two soldiers are assigned to um, deliver a message that will stop 1,600 men from walking into uh, a trap, and the trap is set by the Germans. And mm -hmm. they're, they're pulling back, <coughs> making them think that they have the advantage. Right, but, but they, they really, really want, don't. Yeah, they really don't. And, um, yeah, just crazy, crazy cinematography, and the score was really great, and um, it was just, yeah, super, super intense. Um, it wasn't really, like, um, like a straight-up action movie. There was action in it, but it was more like a, just this really tense sort of drama thriller 
Um, it was very tense. It was, yeah, it was really good. It was, um, if you've seen like uh, movies like Dunkirk, where it's it's a war movie in the sense that it takes place during a war, but it doesn't just focus on like war. Yeah. It focuses on, it's more character driven. And um, yeah, this was more, the camera was like essentially a character. Yeah, it, it, was. it was very like, it wouldn't have been the same movie had it not been shot the way that it was. You really felt like you were like tagging along yeah. with them. It's like, and the, the first couple of minutes of the movie, I actually got like chills when they're, it just kind of opens on their dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the camera is just stays with them the whole time. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like this is, you know, you're in for like a cool, like special thing mm-hmm. in the first couple of minutes of the movie because it's just the opening is amazing. The, all the cinematography is so good and the sound editing and it's just, yeah, so good. As soon as it comes out, I'm going to get it. Yeah. There was a point in there where there was like some water <laughs> being like, like scrunched out of a towel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that someone had spilt their like, drink behind yeah, me yeah it was, the sound crazy. I was like i looked and, behind me and i looked at the screen and i saw the guy ringing out the towel and i was yeah. like oh okay. it took full advantage of yeah. the um just the surround sound system in the mm-hmm. theaters because it's like it, it it literally you're just surrounded uh surround sound but i mean you know sometimes when you're in movies like they it, don't really it, it do doesn't, that it's just loud yeah, for the it's just loud, loud but this was mm-hmm. like i mean it was you know, sometimes the sounds would be on the right of you and the left of you. And then, yeah, it sometimes it sounded like somebody was right behind you. Like you'd hear footsteps and it was, yeah. you thought people in the theater were moving and yeah, the sound is just awesome. so, so good. But yeah, if you uh, have a chance to see it in a theater, I would recommend seeing it on the biggest screen that you can. Cause it's just so pretty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we kind of spoiled the last thing that we're going to talk about. Um, or I did at least. And For uh, shame. <laughs> my bad. That is a uh, Gretel and Hansel. And um, we actually just saw this yesterday, um, and I loved it. Um, what did you think about it? I really liked it. I liked it. It was very cool, like visually. Yeah. You know, that was probably my favorite part was how it looked. Yeah, I I loved how it looked too. I could just like just sit there, and I was I was pretty engrossed in just the. It was very it was a very visually driven movie. And they did such a good job of like the fairy tale-esque of it you mm-hmm. know it was very like you know because Hansel and Gretel it is a grim fairy tale isn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so I feel like they kept that alive you know very well like you know the way that the story was told um and the inner dialogue of our main character uh-huh. um it was just really nice. Yeah. I felt like I was being told a scary story by the fire, you know? Yeah, that's kind of how it mm-hmm. felt. It was, yeah, sort of a campfire sort mm-hmm. of tale. And, um, yeah, I mean, basically, like, the it's just, it's Gretel and Hansel and their journey through the woods. Um, they're trying to find some, who are the, I They're forget, trying to the, find the woodsmen. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying to find the woodsmen. Their mom basically just kind of... K- kicks them out for... You know, she can't feed them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's harsh about it, but I think it really came from a place of love because she can't take care of them anymore. And if they stay with her, then they will die. Yeah. And she wants to send them out. And so they are going to find the woodsman, and then they, the, and the Hansel gets, you know, kind of distracted by mm-hmm. the witch. Yeah. And, um, the, just the cinematography was so good in this. There, there's lots of really cool shades of red and blue and mm-hmm. lots of 
golden sunshine stained coming through the trees, glass, stained glass, amber yeah, glass, the A-frame house, and the everything. Black, was just, the black yeah. contrast against the natural. So, like, one of my favorite images of it is like the contrast between the green natural wood and then this black wood house. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you even get black wood yeah. in that time that this is set in? You don't really, exactly. you know. That's so. like kind of. There's lots of visual clues that. I mean, obviously, we as the audience know no, like what's yeah. going to happen. We know but the story of Hansel yeah. and Gretel. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of visual clues and little like hints throughout, like the black house. Mm-hmm. Like, where exactly where do they get black wood in a time? You know, it's set in like I don't we don't really know when, but like hundreds of years ago is what it mm-hmm. looks like, just based on the dialogue and everything. Yeah. And so there's this house that's made out of black wood. Well, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah. let's not go in there. But that's you know through the like witches. Um, enchantment. enchantment or whatever mm-hmm. Hansel gets pulled in yeah. and then his sister uh, goes after him and, and yeah it's just it's really good I don't want to go super spoilery because it's, it's it's new. so new mm-hmm. but um, yeah it's really cool visually the score was a lot different um, yeah. which is one thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about yesterday it's very synthy and kind of just synth driven. I thought we both thought it would be kind of like the witch. Yeah, the, um, the guy who orchestral. did the music was just one per was um, R O B or Rob. Rob, yeah, yeah he's credited as Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was really really cool. Um, Waxwork Records is actually putting it out on vinyl, um, which is kind of cool. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, like really short and sweet, like hour and twenty minutes. And yeah, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and the director of this movie directed um black coat's daughter which mm-hmm. was a really cool a24 movie that with, also uh, relied on color Very yeah good. lots lot of, of color. white and black mm-hmm. and red um yeah so yeah that is pretty much it um that's a lot it <laughs> was a lot it's so been a long um, time since we've been here though it has so um yeah i mean i know like last episode i just kind of mentioned that We've got um, a lot going on as far as like wedding stuff, and then we're going to be away um, on our honeymoon for a little while and everything too. So for the time being, just kind of doing a like kind of a monthly episode until mm-hmm. we have more free time to be able to do this. Um, yeah. Yeah, on a, on a semi-regular basis, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks for sticking with us and being patient, and we'll see you back in the next one soon. Um, so, bye for now. Bye.